is Histories and Mysteries. I'm Ashley. I'm Jessica. And no Rochelle. <laughs> no Rochelle. Um, she had some really hard news today, so she's taking a day to herself, which we can all appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. So, thing. so we wish her well. love. Yeah. But on um, other news, <laughs> we uh, had a really lovely email from a listener. Yeah. And their name is Alex. And we really appreciate them. So thank you. It was a great email. And they said that they work with research mice. And now I just want to ask them all kinds of questions about what kind of research they do and what kind of mice. And I just I yeah. love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very interesting to me too. So yeah. send us an email, Alex, telling us what you do. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what do you what do you do with the research? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. On today's episode. <laughs> There's a dog. <laughs> oh, let me see the new pup. Look at you. Oh, bye. <laughs> so on today's episode, uh, Ashley is going to be talking about the disappearance of the Trump family. Yes. Not to be confused with Trump. They have an O, not a U. And I am going to be talking about something that I'll tell you about later. Oh, okay. Very yeah. cryptic. It is very cryptic. And my friend, her son, Brogan, was um, thinking about doing it for a school project. Ooh. And that's where I heard about it. So shout out to Brogan. Um, thank you for the idea. Also, um, I wanted to give a little shout out to my nephew, Landon. Um, he's always wanted to have a little shout out on here. So Aww, hi, Landon. <laughs> yeah, he's a sweetheart. Um, so I'll get to see him this weekend, which will be nice. So How old is he? I'll, he's, don't put me on the spot. Um, oh, I'm sorry. 10 or 11. Oh, hi, Landon. He's, he's a sweet boy. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, he's a really good hockey player, too. Oh, fits right in in Canada. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, tell me all about this weird story you have. Yeah, it's not long, but I just had to do it. I saw a TikTok on it, and I was like, what? Ooh. So I got my information from BBC News, uh, MamaMia.com, and Medium. It's an Australian case, so the MamaMia.com is an Australian website. So August 2016, family and friends were starting to worry about the Trump family. They weren't able to get a hold of any of them, not the mom or the dad who owned a red current farm and earth moving business, nor any of their three adult children who also worked on the farm. The children ranged in age from 29 to 22. And after multiple attempts at contacting the family, those closest to the Trumps finally decided to call the police. Okay. When police arrived at the Trump home, they found it in disarray. Their financial papers were strewn about. Their passports were still there. Their credit cards were still there. Their cell phones were still there. All of that had been left behind. That's weird. Yeah. Their son did take his phone with him, but police found it on the side of the road about 30 kilometers from their home. Oh, 
but police had no idea where the family went, went. I mean, obviously there isn't any electronic trail, so they don't know. One day later, while the police were still trying to gather clues at the house, their daughter, Ella, came strolling back home. What? They were in shock. Where had she been? Where was the rest of the family? What was going on? What the heck? A short time later, it was reported that their other sister, Rihanna, was found in a catatonic state in the back of a stranger's truck. He said that he was driving down the road and felt like a kick on a seat. And he looked back and there she was just laying there. She wasn't able to provide any details of who she was or where she came from. What the heck? She was taken to the local hospital and was treated for, quote, stress-related issues. That same afternoon before they had found Rihanna, um, Jacoba and Mark, who are the parents, Jacoba was the mom, Mark was the dad. Um, were reported missing by those two daughters, the one that came home and the one that they found in the catatonic state. This is weird. What the heck? (laughs) The next morning, the brother Mitchell arrived home. So police were like, okay, well, we know where the three kids are, but where are your parents? Yeah, and none of them were able to provide, like, any information well mitchell and ella said that they last saw their parents at the janolan caves so the police rushed to the caves and they looked everywhere for them but they could not find them what were they doing in caves i don't know later that night a young couple was driving down the road where they were being tailgated by a man in a silver station wagon They said the tailgating was so bad that they couldn't see his headlights anymore. Like he was so close. I hate that. Yeah. So they were really scared and they pulled over and they're like, we'll just let this asshole pass. But when they pulled over, the guy pulled over too. Oh, no, thank you. He got out of his car and ran towards them and then just stood in the middle of the road (sighs) before finally turning around and walking to a nearby park. Oh, I hate that. The description matched that of Mark Trump. So police sat down with the two children who had come home and they're like, what the hell is going on? Um, Apparently their dad had become increasingly paranoid and thought that someone was out to get him and murder him, which is why he made the family leave all traces of electronics at home because he thought these people were like tracking him. Oh my gosh. A little bit into the drive, he realized that Mitchell still had his phone and made him toss it out the window. So that's why they found Mitchell's phone on the side of the road. Oh, gosh. When they arrived at the first town, Mitchell was like, nah, I'm out. And he hopped on a train. It was an overnight train, which is why he got home after Ella did, even though he left first. At the next town, the two girls stole a car to leave. And started making their way out. But then they had to stop at a gas station. And for some reason, at this point, they separated. And that's where um, Ella drove home. And Rihanna was found in that catatonic state in that man's car. And the son Mitchell said to the media at the time, he's scared that people are after him. He's not in a good state of mind, referring to his father. Uh, And who these people are that were after him, we never find out who Mark thought they were. Uh, And 
Mitch, Mitchell simply said that he couldn't provide a specific explanation for his parents' paranoia and that their extreme behavior shocked him. He said, I've never really seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and they decided to flee. Like, could you even imagine just being in that state, just making your whole family get up and go? Oh, I know. I know. And does like, did Ella ever say why? her and Yagma separated she doesn't but it I'm thinking because Rihanna was in a catatonic state and I have a quote from her a little bit later I'm thinking that maybe she was kind of swept up in the paranoia too and Ella wasn't so maybe when Ella was like I want to go back home Rihanna's like absolutely not type of thing Um, the next day, Jacoba, the mom was found wandering around a park and agitated. So she too was taken to the hospital where she was actually reunited with Rihanna in a mental health facility. They were both there. Six days after all of this began, Mark was finally found wandering down a road and he was released into the custody of his brother, who was a police officer. Oh, okay. As they were driving home, Mark flipped off the media, which he later apologized for and said he thanked the community for their concern. But at the time, he was not pleased. Police were never able to identify any type of threat that was made against the Trump family. There was no evidence of drug use. Um, The family wasn't in like a religious, like a really like a cult or any like really specific religious group or anything like that. It seems just like the family suffered a breakdown and then they kind of like each played into the delusion and kind of like fueled the fire for each other. And this is a psychological phenomenon. Um, It's called, it's French. Maybe you can help me with this, Jessica. (laughs) Follet a du. It's F-O-L-I-E-A-D-E-U-X. Fully Fully adieu. 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 Okay. So D E U X D, which is two. Fully is like, I think it's like crazy. (laughs) Fully adieu. Okay. Fully adieu. Or shared delusion disorder. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's a condition that affects almost exclusively families and couples. And it's basically just like multiple people that live together um, kind of get drawn up in the same paranoia that's weird yeah it's not actually in the dsm-5 because you they'll just kind of label it as like a um delusional disorder like a schizoaffective disorder something like that but what is dsm oh sorry um so the dsm-5 is the manual that is used to diagnose mental illnesses so you have to meet these criteria in this manual to be diagnosed with any certain mental illness. Interesting. Yeah. So there's two ways that this can kind of happen. There's one where there's a dominant person or like the primary person, and they initially form a delusional belief during a psychotic episode and they impose it on another person. And the thought here is that the secondary person or persons might not have become delusional if it weren't for this primary person. So, like, would it kind of need to be kind of, like, the authoritative figure of the family? That's what I'm thinking, right? So that kind of fits with the dad. It also fits with, like, a lot of cults, right? Yeah. you got that primary person. 
Um, and it says also that if the parties are admitted to the hospital separately, then the delusions in the person with the induced beliefs usually resolve without oh, the need good. of medication. Oh, that's good. Then there's also the situation where two people um, kind of suffer independently from psychosis, but it's like the same exact psychosis. Um, and they kind of like trigger symptoms in each other. So I think this is probably more of the first one where that authoritative person, you know, kind of, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially one like that strong, right? Like, you know, we got to get out. Somebody's going to kill me. Like we all need to leave. Yeah, exactly. It entices fear, right? Right. And Rihanna even said, she's like, you do start thinking the same. She said, you have a few things and they do build up and you can get sick in some way. So it seems like she kind of got caught up in that mass hysteria, but her other siblings didn't. And Ella said, it's very confusing. I still feel confused. I think our state of minds wasn't in the best place. Um, And yeah, I can't even really, there's no one reason for it. It's bizarre. And Mitchell said he couldn't explain what happened either. Um, He said that he didn't feel his father's sense of danger when they got in the car, but quote, I just had to go with my family because I wanted to see where they're going. I couldn't leave them. But yeah, it was tough to see your family like that. And I've never seen anyone like that. But the main thing is they're okay now. Everyone is safe. Everyone is well. So we can just go back to being a family again. Um, Since all of this happened, they've basically returned to their regular lives. Ella was charged with car theft. Um, Her sister wasn't because her sister ended up in the mental hospital. But the charges were withdrawn because the vehicle owner was like, okay, well, you know that's weird things happened. Um, yeah, yeah. but it's never been explained to this day. Like what prompted this, what happened, what happened when the parents were on their own? Like it's to this day, it's never been explained and the family doesn't want to talk about it anymore. That's annoying. Yeah. Like don't go through weird crap like that and then not tell people what the fuck happened. Yeah. It's not fair. (laughs) We want to know. Yeah, we're, like, we are entitled to know. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) But isn't that just so bizarre? Yeah. 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 So, again, it wasn't a long story, but I just had to tell it. It's so weird. It is super weird. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just really annoyed that I don't know what happened. I know. I want to know, too. Why were you by caves? Like... Yeah. Where were you going? What was your plan? Like what even like started this weird thought that somebody was out to kill you? Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're back to normal. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that thought just come back? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it either. I don't. And I, and maybe his, the dad is going through therapy, you know, maybe he's got some help and medication. And then like they said, you know, the other two were institutionalized for a little bit and, you know, maybe they got better. Who knows? But yeah, super freaking weird story. So God, yeah. Ashley, I know you always leave me like, like hanging with shit. I know. I know. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to move on to my story (laughs) and it's going to sound kind of weird to you guys. Um, So obviously Ashley was in that first half. And I wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, like we said in our post on Sunday, we had some audio issues 
with my audio because why not? I, um, <laughs> I'm like really scared about my audio this week after the one before being kind of bad. So we'll oh, no. hopefully it's all good. I'm really hoping all of our audio is good because it, I'm stressed about it. <laughs> anyway, so we decided that we were going to record this week's episode and the next week's episode today. Um, because of work schedules but Ashley can't make it due to the fact that she unfortunately just lost one of her dogs um she had to put her down and so she just needs to take some time to herself which is completely understandable um you know I lost a dog a couple months ago and I had to take some time Rochelle lost her sweet cat last week so she had to take some time and now Ashley lost poor Thune. And I was thinking about it today and I'm like, you know, bad things come in threes. So I'm really hoping that's the end of death for all of us. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But that's why this episode sounds kind of weird. And I'm really sorry if you hear my dog in the background, but he just got neared yesterday and he's in the cone of shame, and he's really angry about it. So he's uh, he's whining a lot. So yeah. Anyways, that was my little rant. <laughs> no, I think like I when I cut out, I was saying how you can you get to actually tell your story to somebody who's not heard it yet. Yeah, which is nice because it's always a bummer when you have to redo an episode to the person that's already heard it yeah <laughs> so this will be good but I don't even know what you're doing so I'm doing um the story of MK Ultra uh Dustin kept bugging me to do that so oh really yeah <laughs> that's fun so CIA conducted Project MKUltra mind control experiments in the 1950s during the height of the Cold War, injecting dozens of defenseless participants with enormous quantities of hallucinogens. Though this might sound like science fiction, and despite the CIA's best efforts to suppress them for years, Project MKUltra's mind control experiments were all too real. CIA researchers mistreated vulnerable subjects in some of the most horrific experiments in history for more than a decade at the height of the Cold War. The CIA attempted to achieve the same with MKUltra in 1953, believing that the Soviet Union had discovered mind control capabilities. Following that, an extensive initiative involving 80 institutions, universities, and hospitals was launched. Each of them carried out horrific tests on their subjects, including electrocution, verbal and sexual assault, and huge doses of LSD. Furthermore, these trials frequently used unwitting participants who suffered permanent psychological harm as a result of this. The CIA predictably carried out the experiment in complete secrecy, even assigning it various code names. When it was finally halted in the 1970s, the majority of the records relating to it were destroyed on the orders of the CIA director himself. All but a small misfiled cache that was mistakenly left intact. Mm. Oh, 
wonder who got fired for that. <laughs> <laughs> These records, together with multiple government inquiries, eventually helped bring the project to light. The public now has access to over 20,000 documents related to Project MKUltra's mind control trials. But even this is a but even this is simply a sliver of what is arguably one of the most massive and terrible government schemes and cover-ups in American history. As a result, on April 13, 1953, Alan Welsh Jules, who is then director of the CIA's nascent Central Intelligence Agency, approved Project MKUltra. Sorry, my dog is like... Having a moment. <laughs> I can hear it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sydney Gottlieb, a scientist and poison expert who is known in hidden circles as the Black Sorcerer, rapidly took command of the program. One of Gottlieb's original goals was to develop a truth serum that might be used to gather intelligence from Soviet agents and prisoners over the war. Perhaps, unsurprisingly, developing a truth serum proved pretty tough. <laughs> Instead, researchers felt that mind control could be performed by inducing a severely changed mental state in the victim, usually with the use of highly experimental drugs. Jesus. According to journalist Stephen Kinzer, Gottlieb realized that in order to control the mind, he'd have to wipe it first. Which is just totally awful. He said, second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that resulting void. We didn't get too far on number two, but he did a lot of work on number one. Project MKUltra's mind experiments, in Gottlieb's words, looked into how chemicals could improve individuals' ability to withstand privation, torture, and coercion, as well as cause amnesia, shock, and confusion. MKUltra was also looking for materials that will cause the subject to mature faster or slower in maturity, and substances that will promote irrational thinking and impulsiveness to the point that the recipient will be discredited in public. So he really just wanted to do a number on everybody. Um, the scientists then began creating mind-altering experiments with nefarious objectives and terrible results. The CIA was fully aware of the problematic ethics involved. Therefore, MKUltra's mind control experiments were conducted with extreme secrecy from the start. The 162 trials in the program were spread out throughout numerous cities, college campuses, jails, and hospitals in order to keep it under wraps. There were 185 researchers participating in total, and many of them had no idea that their work was actually being used by the CIA. The basic experimental method um, in all of these settings frequently involved delivering enormous quantities of various mind-altering chemicals in the hopes of wiping the human mind in the way that Gottlieb desired. LSD, opiates, THC, and the synthetic government created super hallucinogen BZ, as well as commonly available substances like alcohol were given to the participants. Researchers would also occasionally administer two medicines with opposite effects, such as a barbiturate and an amphetamine, 
at the same time and examine their subjects reactions or give people who were already inebriated a dose of another substance like LSD. That sounds not fun. No. And I mean, like, if you ever did it drugs at some point in your life, you know that mixing it with alcohol is just an awful idea. It just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awful idea. Don't recommend. <laughs> I am not a drinker. Like I, it's rare that I will like actually have like alcohol just as I don't like it, but yeah, it feels awful when you are drunk. So I can't imagine being like on something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in addition to drugs, because that was not bad enough. (laughs) (laughs) Researchers utilized hypnosis to induce fear in individuals, which could subsequently be used to obtain information. Researchers then looked at the impact of hypnosis on polygraph test findings and the consequences for memory loss. Participants in this study were also subjected to electroconvulsive therapy, oral stimulation, and paralytic substances. Like oral stimulation, how? Um, like A U R A L. Oh, oral stimulation. Okay, like yeah. hearing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that clears it up. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donald Cameron, the first chairman of World Psychiatric Association and president of the American and Canadian Psychiatric Associations drugged patients and repeatedly played tapes of noises or suggestions while they were comatose for long periods of time, hoping to cure schizophrenia by erasing memories and reprogramming their minds. In actuality, these studies rendered his participants comatose for months at a time with incontinence and memory loss as a result. The experiments also included John C. Lilly, a well-known animal behaviorist. So John C. Lilly built the first sensory deprivation flotation tank for his studies on human-dolphin communication. A tank was built for MKUltra scientists to provide a sensory-free setting for its participants to undergo their acid excursions without being distracted by the outside world. I was going to say that, like, being in a sensory deprivation tank, like, alone sounds horrifying. Right. But to add, like, LSD on top of that sounds like absolutely hell, like, no thank you. Oh, I know. Like, my claustrophobia is like, no thanks. That does not sound like a lovely idea. (laughs) Like, I would really like to do one of those, like, float tanks, but not like a total sensory deprivation. Yeah. Oh, I know. It does not sound like a good time. (laughs) Oh. So, it succeeded in significantly disturbing the human mind, albeit at considerable cost to its unwary participants thanks to their arsenal of weapons. Many of the test subjects were oblivious of their involvement because of the program's classified nature, and Gottlieb confessed that his team picked those who couldn't fight back, such as 
drug-addicted inmates, underprivileged sex workers, and both mental and terminal cancer patients. So, he's just an awful human being. MK Ultra subjects were both volunteers and paid students. Others were addicts who were bribed to participate in exchange for more drugs. Despite the fact that many of MK Ultra's records were destroyed, there are a few famous documented subjects, including Ken Kesey, who was the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Robert Hunter, who was the lyricist for The Grateful Dead, and James Whitey Bolger, who was a prominent Boston crime boss. While a college student at Stanford University, Ken Kesey volunteered for MKUltra LSD tests. Kesey went on to advertise the drug by throwing acid tests, which were LSD-fueled parties. Acid tests blended drug usage with live music from bands like The Grateful Dead and trippy effects like neon paint and black lights. These gatherings impacted the early stages of hippie culture and sparked the psychedelic movement, the psychedelic drug movement of the 1960s. In the guise of science, untold numbers of MKUltra subjects were subjected to heinous abuses. An unknowing psychiatric patient in Kentucky was given a dosage of LSD every day for 174 days in one of their experiments. Whitey Bulger stated that he would be given LSD and monitored by a physician and that he would be continually asked leading questions such as, would you kill anyone? He later claimed that his involvement in their mind control experiments contributed to his violent career as a criminal board. Also, like, hold on a second. If you're being given fucking LSD, however many days in a row that was, and then you're being asked, would you kill anyone? Yeah. Yeah, fucking crazy witch. Like, get out of that. Yeah, I'd kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you're fucking me up. Like, go the fuck away, dude. Ugh, I hate people. <laughs> As if they thought that these tests were a good idea in the first place. Um, another one was Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Um, it was believed that he was a participant in the mind control experiments at Harvard in the early 1960s. The infamous Charles Manson, who was accused of ordering a spree of savage Los Angeles killings that stunned the nation in 1969, was another undocumented but suspected participant. Um, So according to author Tom O'Neill in Chaos, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the secret history of the 60s, Manson not only had people in his circle later linked to the CIA, but the method that he managed his cult by dosing his followers with a steady flow of LSD was curiously similar to MKUltra's experiments. So that's cool. MKUltra subjects weren't just civilians, though. Some of them are actually CIA operatives themselves. Gottlieb stated that he intended to research the LSD effects in regular situations. So he started just dosing CIA employees with LSD all willy-nilly without warning. (laughs) So, one Army scientist, Dr. Frank Olson, 
began to suffer from drug-induced depression and actually leapt out of a 13th century, 13th century window, a 13th story window straight at the start of the research in 1953. The tests still continued after that for another 10-ish years. Like, someone died and they just continued. They just kind of brushed it under the rug and were like, eh, it's one person. It was in secret. Who cares? (laughs) Assholes. In 1994, Frank Olson's family actually opted to have a second autopsy conducted. A forensic team discovered injuries on the body that had happened prior to the fall. The findings inspired conspiracy theories that Olson was actually murdered by the CIA. Olson's family obtained a $750,000 settlement at the time and received a personal apology from President Gerald Ford and then CIA Director William Colby after a lengthy court battle. Um, So from these experiments, people kind of developed depression, interrograde, retrograde amnesia, paralysis, withdrawal, bewilderment, disorientation, pain, insomnia, and schizophrenic-like mental states. Um, And then long-term consequences like these went mostly unnoticed and unaddressed. So they just secretly did the tests on these people and then were like, eh, you figure it out. (laughs) Just awful. In the midst of the Watergate crisis, CIA Director Richard Helms ordered the destruction of all MKUltra files in early 1973. He was afraid that all government agencies would be examined and he didn't want to risk a data leak on such a contentious issue. However, in 1975, President Gerald R. Ford ordered a probe of CIA activities in the hopes of exposing CIA conspiracies. The probe created two committees, the Church Committee, which was led by Democratic Senator Frank Church, and the Rockefeller Commission, which was led by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller. The Church Committee was part of a broader investigation into CIA, FBI, and other U.S. intelligence services abuses during and after President Richard M. Nixon's resignation. Plots to assassinate foreign leaders, notably Cuban tyrant Fidel Castro and Congolese independence leader Patrice Lumumba, Lumumba, were investigated by the church committee. It was discovered that Holmes had destroyed much of the evidence pertaining to MKUltra. However, like we previously mentioned, that same year, 8,000 documents were found in a financial records building and these documents were later released to the public in 1977. Following these discoveries, Ford issued an executive order on intelligence activities in 1976 that barred experimentation with drugs on humans and subjects, except with the informed agreement of each human subject in writing and witnessed by a disinterested party. So the fact that that wasn't in place previously is a little concerning. (laughs) When the documents were released to the public, there were a number of hearings in relation to the ethics of this project. 
Then an informed consent lawsuit was filed by the survivors of the project against the CIA and the federal government. Finally, in 1992, 15 years after these documents had been released, 77 former MKUltra subjects were granted a settlement. Unfortunately, many of them were denied due to the fact that it was difficult for them to prove that their mental state had been triggered by this project and wasn't previously an issue for them. Conspiracy theorists, on the other hand, dominate today's discussion of the tests. The CIA insists that the studies ended in 1963 and that all associated experiments were abandoned as well. Conspiracy theorists are skeptical, citing a loss of records, the project's secrecy, and its multiple ever-changing code names. Some even believe that the tests are still being carried out today. But of course, there's no way to know for sure. In 2018, the families of a group of ex-patients sued the provincial and federal governments of Canada for the experiments that Dr. Cameron conducted on their loved ones in the 1960s. And fun fact, many shows and movies have been inspired by Project MKUltra's mind control experiments since the documents were made public, such as The Men Who Stare at Goats, um, the Jason Bourne series, and also Stranger Things. So, to me, I had never heard of this before, and it was super fascinating. So, hey, I had, but I have not, not from any of those media outlets that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of them. Um, what? Yeah, no, I haven't seen any of those movies slash TV shows that you. Oh just my mentioned. goodness. <laughs> the Men Who Start to Ghost is a really stupid movie. It's with Jeff Bridges and Ewan McGregor. And like it's a stupid funny like, you know, like guy humor, stupid movies. Yeah. Um, I think it's who are I don't know who those brothers are that do like the there was a movie called Brother Where Art Thou. Oh, yeah, brothers? Okay. I don't know. Um See, I love that movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, so I think that they made that movie. I could be super wrong, though. I don't know, because I watched it once when I was a teenager. Um, (laughs) uh, The Jason Bourne series I've never seen, but, like, I heard it's good. (laughs) I, yeah, no, I've never been interested in watching that. And I tried watching Stranger Things, and I just could not get into it. So so come at me. Yeah, I will come at you. I tried like three separate times to, to watch it and I was just like not into it. Uh, it takes a couple like <sighs> episodes to get into it, I find. But with a lot of shows lately, it takes a while to get into it. Yeah. So, but anyways, that is my story. Um, I used all this all interesting, obviously, and history.com again, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so... Hopefully you all got a good, like, look into that. And hopefully the CIA doesn't come for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there we go. That's really cool. Thanks. Do you have a joke for me? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was scrolling through TikTok today and okay. there was a clip of Seth Rogen on some late night show. Anyways, he was doing like this bit where they were reading stand up jokes uh, written by kids. Mm-hmm. And the one that was on this, <laughs> this clip made me laugh. So it was like, the invisible man goes to the doctor. The nurse says, doctor, the invisible man is here to see you. The doctor says, I can't, or what does he say? Fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> I'll tell him I can't see him right now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, it's so stupid. So yeah, that was my joke. I completely butchered the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> um, I have a joke, okay. Um, <laughs> what do cakes and baseball teams have in common? Well, I don't like either, so I don't know. <gasps> they both need a good batter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, a lot of people would say I'm a little odd for not liking, like, traditional cake, but. Yeah, that's yeah. a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, one more. Why did the little girl hit her birthday cake with a hammer? Hit her birthday cake with a hammer? Yeah. I don't know. Because it was a pound cake. (laughs) All right. Well, if you want more of us lovely ladies, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Histories and Mysteries. You can also... I don't know, Ashley always does this. Um, (laughs) You can listen to us on Spotify and Apple, anywhere you listen to us. Um, And if you want to rate and review us, that would be fantastic. Um, It really helps get out there. And we really love um, all that you guys have done for us in rating and reviewing us. It makes us so happy. Um, We also want to give a shout out to Alex. to Alex. She has her little research mice. So and we love we loved her message. And she's gonna get some stickers. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So I uh yeah, the sticker thing. I think we still have some. So if you want one. Yeah, send us an email, uh histories and mysteries 515 at gmail.com and send us your address and we can send you some stickers. Because they're super cute. (laughs) Anyways, we look forward to bringing you two new stories next week. Bye. Bye.